Uh, I want to uh, continue, as I said uh, just earlier, on our uh, message on the church, but today I'm speaking of the glory uh, of God, uh, glory to God in the church. Glory goes to God in the church. I, I do know that glory comes to God through the church, but also there's glory in the church. So there is the expression of God in this body, in the body of Christ. There's the expression of God there. So I would like for all of you believers out there to know that whenever you're going through difficulty, terrible things, then God is getting glory out of your life. So that's what you want. He is expressing himself. So that's why we must go through the difficulties uh, well. We must go through them praising and worshiping. Uh, it doesn't mean that there's not pain, but we show the world how to deal with those kinds of things. So the scripture says, glory for, to him rather, uh, that is God, be glory in the church. And, and how does that come about? It comes about by Christ Jesus. Uh, and it says, to all generations, forever and ever. So what the scripture wants us to know is that there is a continuity of the glory. There's not intermittent glory. There's not, uh, and we're talking about in, uh, glory, we're talking about the expression of God in the church. We're talking about the expression of Jesus Christ, who he is. And we'll make that clearer as we continue. But here uh, the apostle says to him, speaking of God, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now I want to uh, talk a bit, of, uh, firstly, in Romans, if you'll help me with Romans chapter 5, uh, verses 3 through 5. I've, I've added these verses uh, because I wanted to share something there. I wanted to, These are verses that I spoke of last time that I want to add uh, some comments. He says, we, I said, added we, rejoice in hope of the glory of God, or that is our expectation or our confidence in the full expression of glory. So what we have now, we have the expression of glory, but these human bodies are limiting all that we are. They are, they are a limiter to what we are really now by uh, the gift of Jesus Christ. But he says we rejoice in hope, uh, and so uh, of the glory of God, and not only that, but we also glory. So now this word glory here also means uh, rejoicing. So we see that God has given us the ability to rejoice, and our rejoicing in what we cannot see is glorious. Yes, it is glorious because we're not like those who believe in something that will not happen, but we believe in the God who cannot lie. It is impossible for him to lie. And so he says, we also rejoice in tribulations. Now, I know this might sound strange, but when things get very, very difficult, the, uh, we, we praise, we worship. I grew up in a Christian home. And uh, I am so grateful to God for having grown up in a Christian home. I, I saw my mom and dad go through all kinds of difficulties in life. Uh, I, I, I had a great uh, upbringing. And it didn't matter how tough things were. It didn't matter how lean they were or they looked or appeared to be. They were always worshiping and praising God. I never, ever uh, can remember hearing them say, 
there's no help for us in God. They never. They always believe, even though we don't see the help, there is help in God. They would say things like, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. They would always say that. They would say that he will open a door where there is no door. And this is what the church must be resolute in believing, saying, and expressing. And so I want to encourage you, if you have lost your job, do not despair, but believe in the God who saved you when you weren't really worth saving, as it were. And I know that people say that, that, oh, God saw something good in you, that's why he saved you. That's absolutely not scriptural. There was nothing good in us. Yes, we were made in the image of God, true. But what part of that image did not sin mar? Sin marred that. And so it was not like, oh, God saw something good, that's why he saved us. God saved us because he is good. And I want everyone in this audience to understand that, uh, to understand that in a way where you will never forget that. So he says, we rejoice in uh, tribulations knowing, and so the, the rejoicing is not somehow um, a, what we call a, an abstract uh, rejoicing. Oh, I'm, I'm rejoicing in the abstract. No, we rejoice in our confidence, knowing what God has done. He's given us a hope. And now knowing that when we are in tribulation, that that's not the end of the story. And because we, we rejoice in the tribulation, knowing that, that although we go through the valley of death, we do not go to the valley of death to stay. We go through the valley of the shadow of death. And so he's knowing that tribulation produces what we know that it produces perseverance or patience, perseverance. It gives us the ability to go through. So if you're going through something that's difficult today, this COVID-19, you've lost your job or you are sequestered there in your house, you're isolated in your house, you're practicing social distancing and self-containment, then you know that that this is going to produce something in you. I would say to you that many in the body of Christ are stronger today than they were at the first day of this year. They are stronger because God has kept them. He is able to keep us from falling. That's the church and that's the glory of God is that it looks like you ought to fall, you ought to fail, but God is able to keep you from falling. That's glory. That's what the Bible speaks of glory. That, that's something to be applauded and to be lauded. And so we want to, uh, to understand that as people of God. We do not give up because the fight is difficult. No, because as we persevere, what we are now uh, pro, uh, having this amazing uh, perseverance produced in us. So that the pro, uh, perseverance is a product of my glorying, rejoicing in tribulation. And so I have the product now of perseverance. Uh, when I was a boy, I remember uh, planting uh, gardens and really, I, I really wanted to plant some beans once. And I said to dad, dad, you're not sure to like, like beans. Uh, I, I like that. And I would like to plant some beans. He said, okay. And he, he told me what to do. And I, I planted the beans and I would go out and water my garden and go out to look at it. And the bean stalk grew, grew. it produced beans. Yeah, the seed produced beans. And I remember uh, harvesting those. I, I, I was so excited uh, about what God had given me, produce. And so when you're going through difficulty, there is some produce coming in the church. And that's glory. The produce 
is the glory. The, the perseverance in people who had no perseverance, that's glory. And perseverance produces character. So, so, so can you imagine how one product produces another product? That is, we are going from glory to glory and strength to strength in Jesus Christ. This is so amazing, isn't it? it and so perseverance produces character, and that means godly character. Godly character. So you and I are becoming more and more like Jesus as we go through difficulty. We go through difficulty, we have now the character of Jesus Christ. I love that. And character then produces, then we got hope again. It produces hope. So it gives me confidence in God. And hope or confidence does not disappoint. So the confidence you have in God will never be disappointed because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit was given to us, right? He lives in us. Hope does not disappoint because we will not fall short of the glory of God. So that's what hope says. We will not stop short of the glory of God. Remember how Jesus said to the disciples, O you of little faith. What Jesus meant was not faith uh, that tall. No, Jesus meant that your faith did not take you to its destination. And what Scripture is saying here is that hope does not disappoint. We will not fall short of the full expression of glory. So that's what glory means. It means the full expression of Jesus Christ in his body, this body that's on the earth. The head is in heaven, the body is on the earth. And as is the head, so is the body. So the full expression, uh, it uh, means the riches of his love. So um, immense love. We, we're talking about love during this time. Uh, an awful lot, an amazing amount of time. We're talking about love because the believers are experiencing the love of God like never before. They're going, oh, I just love you. When we see each other, we go, oh, I love you. I want to give you a hug, but we're going to wait. Uh, oh, let's do a little fist bump maybe because of the great love we have for each other. And that is Christ's love being expressed in the body, which is glory, mercy. Let me just go through these because we've given them to you several times. But the mercy of God, you know, uh, rescuing us, uh, saving us, the grace of God, the kindness of God, the forbearance of God, that is bearing with us and bringing us to this place of sonship, patience and wisdom, the knowledge of God. We have knowledge of God. That just names a few. Uh, uh, we just named a few of those amazing qualities that are in the church that bring glory. Now, I want to say this, as I said to you last time, the only evidence that the unsaved uh, people have uh, that, uh, that causes them to know that we belong to God is our godly lifestyle. So we want to have God, a godly lifestyle because that shows them, ah, you're different. You're different. And so let's go to Romans uh, chapter 6. And I want to talk to verse 4. I know I'm moving pretty rapidly tonight, but I want to do that. I've got so many scriptures, and I remember, you know, sometimes I'm such an optimist. I think, oh, I can go through these 15 scriptures in 15 minutes. It's not quite accurate, is it? So look at Romans 6, 4. It tells us who we are. And I want to show you how glorious this is, how amazing and powerful this is. He says, verse 4, it says, Therefore we were buried with him, buried with, with Christ, through baptism into death, uh, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, 
even so we also should walk in newness of life. So he says we were buried with him in baptism. When the Holy Spirit came uh, upon us, we were, we were belonged to Jesus Christ. And so we have been baptized into Christ uh, and, uh, and then Christ also lives in us. And we were baptized in water, and it shows that amazing baptism of the Holy Spirit being baptized into Christ. We've been baptized in water. We show, our, we show uh, physically how we died, and we are now a new creation. So Paul teaches us that, uh, that just as Christ was raised uh, from the dead by the glory. Now listen, listen, he says, this was done by the glory of God. I do know it was by the power of God. You know it's by the power of God, but that is actually glory that the expression of God came into that dead body, uh, D-E-A-D, a dead body, a dead body. Can you ever uh, imagine a, a log, a tree that was cut and there was a log that had been there maybe for several years. It was totally dead. It would be similar to that. Jesus' body was dead and the glory of God, the power of God, the love of God, the resurrection power of God came in there and raised that body to life again. He says, in the same way, we should walk in newness of life in that we were dead, but now we are alive to God. See, uh, Paul tells us, speaking of Abraham, uh, that God, whom Abraham believed, who gives life to the, to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And so in the church, we have an amazing act and power of God that God calls into existence things that were not before in our lives uh, individually and also collectively. Let's look at uh, Romans 8.18, because I know we're going a little rapidly, as I said, but let's, let's try to follow me, because I want you to write these scriptures down and know that this is your inheritance. The Word of God is your inheritance. Yeah, yeah, the Word of God which lives and abides forever is your inheritance. And the expression of the believer, we then now are God's inheritance. Isn't that so good? It's so good. Sometimes I think I'm just going to start to shout and scream, and somebody's going to think, well, he's lost his mind. I'll say, well, if I'm, if I'm uh, out of my mind, it is for God. If I'm in my right mind, it's for you. Uh, let's look at this. She says, for I consider, Paul says in Romans 8:18, I consider that the sufferings of this present time, and this is very appropriate for this uh, time that we're living in, says uh, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, with the honor, with the dignity, with the praise, with the worship, which shall be revealed in us. Wow. So, so it's amazing. He says, the sufferings are real. They're terrible. They're, they're very difficult. He said, but don't even compare them. They, they can't hold a candle to what God is doing in us. I mean, isn't that amazing? They can't hold a candle. So don't Feel sorry for yourself. So many believers feel sorry for themselves. I mean, here you are living in a country where even though we're going through difficulty, we're not going through difficulty in the same measure many others are. And we're giving help and aid to others that we know. Come on. You're sad because you didn't go out to eat last night? Or you're sad because your husband or your wife said something that you just didn't agree with and now you just want to give up on God? Come on. No, the suffer even the COVID-19, many people out of, out of work. I mean, there are uh, tens of millions of people out of work today, but we have a government that's strong enough to say, we can send you some money until we get you back to work. What? 
So the, the suffering that we are going through, they're not even worthy to be compared to the glory. And, and those of us in this audience who are living in a nation where it's, it's much harsher than where we are, those sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. It's like a great athlete, a great athlete who's really, really great uh, in athletics, and somebody wants to compare a lesser athlete to them. They're both athletes, but a lesser athlete, though there's like no comparison, no comparison. So Paul wants you to know that there is even greater glory that will be revealed in us, right? Will be revealed not just to us, but in us. That we will then, at some juncture here in the future, I believe near future, we will be the full expression of Jesus Christ unto God. Wow. 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 So that's the church. So I'm saying don't depreciate the, the, uh, the value of the church. Do not depreciate the calling of the church. Do not uh, depreciate your calling. You have a high calling. It's a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's the same word that's used uh, for the calling of Israel out from among all the nations. You have a great and high calling. Let's look at Romans 9, uh, 22 uh, through 24. And, and, and Paul is speaking of Pharaoh in this particular part of the verse, how God raised him up with the purpose of showing his power uh, in him. And then God also showed mercy in uh, the people he delivered. So God is able to do uh, what he wants to do, but whatever he does is righteous. It is not arbitrary uh, and, and, uh, and negative, but it is it's good. It's wonderful. Let's read uh, verse 22. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Now, this chapter 9 of Romans will, will just really mess with your thinking. So you have to read it deliberately and, and read it in the spirit. So Paul is telling us that, that what if God uh, wanted to show his uh, wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And at the same time, and at the same time, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. The church, all of us, we are vessels of mercy. We have received mercy. Yeah, we, God has has not given us what we deserve. He has not given us what we deserve. We have eternal life right now, and we will have the eternal life forever because you can't have temporary life and eternal life. No, we got eternal life. We've been born again, so we have eternal life, and it cannot be taken away or it would not have ever been eternal. It's eternal life. So, so that's glory in the church, that, that we have people walking around in, in mortal bodies, but having immortality dwelling within their frames. That's glory. And the world is going around thinking that you're just like them, but no, you are, uh, you are forever. Wow, that, that blesses me so much. And this is what you have to understand. So, it so get rid of your, deal with your feelings, rebuke your feelings. I do that, I do that. I say stop feelings in Jesus' name. I believe God, I don't believe what I feel. I believe God, I don't believe what I feel. And that's how you have to live. And we live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. So the church is filled with people who have found the answer. They walk by faith and not by sight. And so walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. If God is for you, who can be against you? What can be against you? Wow. That's the, that's the church. That's the glory. That's the church. That's the glory. So he, so he says, Paul says, um, uh, that, and that he might make known the riches of his glory, 
his wonderful glory, his, his great uh, beauty and dignity and all of that on the vessels of mercy which he prepared beforehand for glory. So Paul tells us that God prepared you before the foundation of the world to be the expression of his glory, to be filled with his glory. Amen. Well, who he is, his beauty, his power, his wisdom, his knowledge, his peace, his joy. That's glory. It's glorious. Amen. Wow, amen. I feel like that old preacher that I, that I used to know. Uh, he was my pastor. He was a wonderful preacher, an old, older gentleman. He would say, I'm preaching myself happy. And I want you to know I'm preaching myself happy because the church is an amazing body. And you need to know what God has done for you. God has done something for you that he has not even done for angels. Wow. Angels who never sinned. He's done something great for you. Now listen, so we were uh, the vessels uh, of mercy prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, verse 24, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. So God has called Gentiles into this amazing blessing. Now that's not a replacement theology, but it's inclusion. It's inclusion. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the hatred. So God has made us one. I want to, let, let, me, um, let me share something in Titus chapter, one, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and then we'll just end for tonight. I trust you, you've been blessed by the message tonight. Let me just read it, and then what I will do is the next time I'm preaching, I will explain Titus 3.1. That is showing you the glory of God in the church or in you. Verse 1, Titus 3, verse 1. Remind them to be subject, remind all of us, to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, and this is, this is the glory, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, uh, hateful and hating one another. That's who we were. We were not good people. But when the kindness and the love of God our, uh, our Savior toward man appeared. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, but according to his mercy, his glorious mercy, he saved us. He had compassion on us through the washing of regeneration, rebirth. He, he caused us who were born into sin, to be born again. What an amazing, through regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly, copiously, richly, richly, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, having been justified by his grace, we have been justified, declared righteous by His grace, become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And this is what God has done for us. This is what God has done for you. He's made you a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Perhaps there's somebody in our audience today 
you, um, you're not saved. You're not a part of the church. Maybe you go to church, but you're not a part. I want to invite you to Jesus Christ, and I want you to today, right now, make up your mind. You've heard the message. You've heard the Word of God. You can say, I want Jesus Christ. And if you want Jesus Christ, you can have Him right now, right this day. The Scripture says that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. You will never be embarrassed. God will receive you right now. So I ask you now, receive Jesus Christ into your heart. Re receive Him. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, and you will be saved. In Jesus' name, amen.